Next on BYU Sports Nation, running down a record game day for BYU football and star running back Jamal Williams. When will Jamal Williams become the career rushing leader in tonight's game? And ESPN play-by-play man Tom Hart joins us with his expectations. Plus, we're two-on-one with Jamal's running back mate, Squally Canada, and head coach Jennifer Rockwood of 8th-ranked BYU women's soccer. Shall we? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a game day, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, hey! The party's here on the west side. BYU Sports Nation live and radio vision presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Friday, October 14th. This is how we do it on game day, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with one of the happiest morning people that I've ever known, Jerem Jordan. I love it, man. I love the mornings. You know what I love more than the mornings? Post-game shows at midnight, which is what we're going to have tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun, so hang out with us uh, all day because... We've got the show now. We've got the pregame show at uh, 9 Eastern time, the game on ESPN, the postgame show on BYU TV, the rebroadcast on BYU TV. So it's going to be a ton of fun. We were at the BYU store yesterday, and now we're at the stadium. This is one of the greatest weeks of the show because normally we're in Studio B. We, we're in there a lot. We love it. It's our home. It's where we hang out. But it's nice to get out. And you know who else is with us? On the other side of the stadium here is the Roar of the Cougars student section. These guys have been camping out for a couple of days now. They are stoked. They got uh, the sprinklers turned on on them last night. So the, there were donuts uh, provided for that. I believe 84 boxes. So that independent money coming through for the, uh, for the rock. <laughs> 84 boxes of donuts. Do you think that that made up for the sprinkler gap When, you, when last you're night? a student and you get free donuts, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm good now. Like, all is forgiven. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, some people were probably happy that the sprinklers turned on. Like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, crazy. College football. Sleeping bag, slip and slide. Yeah, they'll make it awesome. <laughs> they'll figure out something. Uh, as we've mentioned, like, 17 times thus far in the first two minutes of the show, it's game day in yes. Provo. Yes, it BYU is. BYU hosting Mississippi State tonight. Countdown to kickoff our Pre-game show starts live on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern. Jamal Williams is number one on the Saturday Blitz Week 7 running back power rankings. Wow. He's 64 yards away from breaking the BYU all-time rushing record. We'll discuss that a little more coming up. I was going through that list last night, and I'm like, okay. Why is McCaffrey like sixth? Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, pretty crazy. Dalvin Cook. Where is Jamal? He's number one on that list. That's pretty wild. He's having a a heck of a first six games. Let's see if he can keep it up in game seven. Most of the BYU men's basketball broadcast schedule is out for all to see. BYU TV will broadcast 15 of the 20 home games, including the Cougar tip-off online. That's Wednesday, October 26th. You and I are doing that one. Two exhibition games as well, and 12 regular season home games. That's great. And Top Drawer Soccer released its mid-season top 100 players in women's college soccer. Ashley Hatch is number eight in the country. Remember, she reports to the U.S. national team tomorrow. She will miss the Portland game. Uh, Maderos, Gomes, Vasconcelos, and Bowen also made the top 100. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Running down a dream. Yeah, Mississippi State, BYU tonight, 10-21 p.m. Eastern, 8-21 local kickoff. This game is loaded 
with storylines. Homecoming night, BYU football all of a sudden trying to win a third straight game and avoid the well-discussed trap game scenario that we went over yesterday. It's a trap! And go over 500 for the first time since their season opening win against Arizona. As you mentioned, Jerem, second SEC game ever in Provo. And then there's Mm. Jamal Williams, well in position to set the career rushing mark at BYU tonight. And after tonight, odds are that no man who has ever worn a BYU football uniform will have run for more yards than Jay Swag Daddy, Jamal Williams. That's pretty crazy, which brings us to today's Twitter question. At what point tonight will Jamal Williams break the BYU all-time rushing record? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Broil Blue Coog. First quarter, first drive on the first touchdown with at least one run of 25-plus yards on the drive. Where are my blue goggles? <laughs> yeah. We forgot we the left blue them goggles. in Studio B. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got we to gotta be real at the field here. We, we, at the stadium, we can't just have the blue goggles on. I love the <laughs> ambition. On the first drive, if BYU gets 64 the 64 yards on the first drive yeah, at B- the... 25-yard line. Yeah, and BYU a needs to touchback. get the ball at least at the 35 so we can run for all 65 so, so yards. So Hifo will run it out to the 8, so there's 92 <laughs> yards to work with. <laughs> can you imagine Ty Denver the game plan? <laughs> all right, Aleva. Oh, uh, just uh, run, it out, run, it, run it out to the 8. Run it out to the 8, yeah. And then, and then we'll have, uh, Jamal, you just break that record. Let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> also, I'm Cotton Eye Jill. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best impersonation that you do. I don't think that's my best, but What's thank you. What's your best? Tell me what, what I is I have no be- idea. BYU fans, you've heard Jerem do a lot. I, I don't, don't think know that I, any is better than Ty Denver. I don't think I'm that good, but thank you. Okay, well, then that's the one that you do well. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it went from a, from a compliment to a diss very quickly. That escalated quickly. Okay, we've been talking about where BYU needs to jokingly put the ball so that Jamal Williams can have enough space to go for the record on the hypothetical first drive, which brings us to... A kind of double whammy stat of the day. Jamal Williams is chasing Unga. On his way to BYU football immortality, Jamal Williams is chasing Unga on BYU Sports Nation. Can we just let the music soak it's in the for a bit? It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. There you go. Jamal Williams needs how many yards, Jerem? 64 to become the all-time leading rusher, which I think this will happen, to answer our Twitter question, in the second quarter. I think Jamal Williams break the record in the second quarter. I, I hope he does it like Curtis Brown uh, passed, I believe it was, who was it, Lake Hemuli, uh at the time. Uh, it was on a 50-yard touchdown run. Against New Mexico. That would be in amazing. 06, that believe. would be amazing. And and that was crazy. So no matter how he does it, uh, it's going to be wild. It'd be nice on a touchdown because then it could be acknowledged by the crowd. If it's like a one-yard rush at the 48, that's not as awesome, right? So I hope it happens in the second quarter on a touchdown uh, run. Well, he has already set the precedent for breaking records on key runs this season. He ran for his fifth touchdown in that Toledo game on the run. He broke the single game rushing record. And Adam Amin called it. Because if he if he runs in the end zone right now, that's the record. And he did. He ran for so, it. So let's ask Tom Hart to, to try and uh, guess which play it'll be. Then maybe it'll happen like Adam Amin. <laughs> no pressure on Tom. Yes. Also, we need to clue Tom in that Jamal is now a verb in BYU well, yeah, sports lingo. Yeah. He's, he's, he's coming Jamaling up. his way. Yeah. ESPN play-by-play man Tom Hart coming up in the next segment. We'll discuss that. He can him. understand that because he called Jimmer games. Jimmering. Jamaling. So there you go. Uh, Jamal Williams, by the way, and you say he's going to do it in the first half, which I 100% agree with, is averaging 68.3 yards 
in the first half through the first six games of the season. So four yards more than he would potentially need. So there you and, go. And it's going to be, and it's probably even higher the last three games. Man. I'm telling you, this game, this is this is quite the setup. I love it for a home game against Mississippi State. There's more there. There are more things going into the setup of this game than any other game this season. You know what? This and, and they're wearing royal blue tonight. We didn't mention that either. It's a royal out, royal tops, white pants mm-hmm. for the homecoming. They don't match. go royal on royal anymore. There have been some moments that <laughs> were forgettable in those. <laughs> yeah. Please, no. Can you imagine like the dismay yeah. and the backlash uh, that would take place? Go in the locker room and change your pants. Goodness. Uh, it's time that we go for two, my friend. Can you predict the future? Kind of. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. New tradition on BYU Sports Nation this season. Jeremy and I each make two boldish predictions for each game. Okay, I, what else do you call it? Like semi-bold, like uh, mildly I, spicy. Yeah, I, yeah. we just go for two. We, Picks. we Sometimes they get a little crazy, and we try and throw 90-yard touchdown passes with these predictions, and other times they're super conservative. And Like uh, Brigham Young. <laughs> sometimes you got to be conservative to win, which I was last week. I went two for two yeah. and took a lot of flack for being conservative in my yeah. picks. Yeah. Do you care about style points or not? That's yeah. We know Brian. Logan I care does. about winning, Jerem. Yeah. I care about winning. Okay. And that's why my going for two picks start with this. Taysom Hill, and this is still a little bit bold. This is like, and you look at it on the surface, and you're like, a BYU quarterback's gonna do this. Taysom Hill will pass for two touchdowns tonight. Now People that, are like, how? Oh, that's weak. He's passed for two touchdowns one time this season. Yeah. The standard for Taysom Hill and touchdown passes is. Whoosh, Gone down because quite a bit BYU this year. is a running team. Yeah, and I, I don't think BYU has the same kind of receivers as last year as well. Taysom Hill will pass for two touchdowns. This will be the second game that he does it this season. He did it against West Virginia. Number two, two for a BYU quarterback. BYU, <laughs> BYU will score ten plus points in the first quarter. They've never done that this season. They scored twenty one against Toledo in the first quarter. In the first quarter? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Toledo. Okay. I, I, all, all rules are out oh, against sorry, sorry, Toledo, right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Power five. I looked. I, you're right. I against looked at the, the power five against games. one of those power five. They teams. have not okay. scored ten plus in a game against the power five in the first quarter, and I okay. think that changes tonight. BYU okay. goes ten plus against Mississippi State. Okay, my picks. Number one, BYU win by eight plus. They're a seven and a half point favorite, so eight plus for BYU. Oh no, number two. Well, you th- so you picked them to cover? Yes. And you were giving me a hard time about not being bold enough. You think BYU winning by 8-plus against an SEC team in Provo is not Every bold. expert in Las Vegas says they should. Number two, <laughs> Taysom Hill will have at least three touchdowns in the game. So I'll see your two passing, and I'll raise you three total, okay? Just three touchdowns. That could be passing, rushing. Is that a uh, raise, though? Receiving. Yes, it's more than two. It's a raise. Are you saying three touchdown passes? No, I'm saying three TDs. It's not a raise, then. You said two, and I said three. That's called a raise. No, it's not a raise because it's totally different. I'm just giving you a hard time because you gave me a hard time last week, so I'm taking it to you today. Okay? Jerem's bold predictions that BYU is going to cover, and Taysom Hill, he's one-upping me with three total touchdowns. Get out of here. Yeah, because bold for a BYU QB (laughs) is passing for two touchdowns. This is the place of touchdown passes. 
This is the quarterback factory, and we're saying two for a quarterback. It's happened once this season. I know. That's pretty pathetic. But BYU's <laughs> running the ball really effectively. That's probably why. Going for two, proudly sponsored by BYU Dining Services, chef-driven, student-powered. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. At what point tonight will Jamal Williams break the BYU all-time rushing record? Bring on the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At first underscore Schmitty. The O-line will break open larger-than-life holes, allowing J-Swag Daddy to crush the record before the first quarter is over. Wow. When do you think it will happen? In the first half, probably early second quarter. Second quarter as well? Okay. It depends if BYU receives or not. If BYU receives the opening kickoff, then the chances will exponentially go up for B- for Jamal Williams to break the record. But if they defer... Because BYU had, what, one and a half drives in the first quarter, yes. I think, last week? If they defer to the second half, then there might only be one drive so, in the so first quarter. So if you're tied Emmer, do you and you win the toss, do you, do you elect to receive? <laughs> Maybe no. that... Well, no. If he wants to get it out of the way, right? <laughs> he wants to win. He doesn't care. That's so true. More game day fun on the way. Our two on one interview with sophomore running back Squally Canada. What's it like to fly in an airplane with Jamal? But first, ESPN play by play man Tom Hart. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU Television. Conversation going right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN to join our ever-growing conversation. And The Rock, they're making signs as we speak in the the, uh, Roar of the Cougars student section over there, which is awesome. We will be live at 9 Eastern time tonight, by the way, with our one-hour tonight 70-minute uh, pre-game show until 10:10 uh, Eastern time. So 9 Eastern time, countdown to kickoff. Check it out. In that pre-game show, we will discuss Jamal Williams. That is a guarantee. Uh, yeah, that's a big storyline. We will also discuss right now at what point Jamal Williams will break the BYU all-time rushing record at J.D. Gibbons 19. Says on the first play of the game. <laughs> People. That's, that's a little much. What, well, what if it had uh, the, the last first play of the game at home was a 75-yard touchdown against Toledo. Truth. 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 Can you imagine how bonkers this place would be if the first play was the record? It would be amazing. It'll be bonkers regardless tonight. A little tougher to break it on a run than it is on a long bomb pass. Yeah. But, hey. but, but you know who leads the nation in 50-plus yard rushes? Jamal Williams with three. He's been uber explosive. There you go. Do you really think it's going to happen on the first play of the game? No, I'm just pointing out a stat that, uh, that plays into the conversation. I know, I, it yeah. is fun. It is fun. <laughs> Joining us now, the man who will call, or we think will call, the Jamal Williams record-breaking run ESPN play-by-play man Tom Hart. Welcome to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and our mobile BYU Sports Nation set. I love it. Thanks for having me. Most scenic stadium in all of college football. Always love coming here. It's beautiful. Okay. And I'm going I'm to go with this prediction. As soon as BYU comes to the line of scrimmage, First play tonight, I'm going to say, if he runs it in from here, he'll have the record. <laughs> every play. Every, and every play yeah. from then on out. I think that's fair. It's called a tease call your in shot. television. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And everyone's yes. on pins and needles. Exactly. Are you used to the sound of cowbells after doing a game in Starkville for Mississippi State? I don't know if you can ever really get used to the sound. We were there last week, and the ringing still continues. It's, it's <laughs> maybe the most unique tradition in, in college football, if not all of 
college sports, but it's their thing and they own it and it's beautiful. And that's what I love about college football. Everybody has their thing. You know, everybody has their tradition. Everybody has something that they're known for and that's unique. It's not the NFL. Everybody doesn't wear the same uniforms. Everybody doesn't have to have their socks pulled all the way up. You can show some individuality and personality. No kidding. Contractually, Mississippi State fans are allowed to bring cowbells into the game tonight. No other noisemakers are, are allowed, but Mississippi State fans can bring cowbells if they want. The, you know, the SEC had to pass a rule to show and to illustrate when state fans could use the cowbells. And mm. so now the, the agreement that they've reached within the Southeastern Conference is that the fans are allowed to ring their cowbells up until the point the center gets over the ball. And then they must ring responsibly and stop ringing. <laughs> ring responsibly. And, yeah. and they do. And they do. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I love this matchup because this is just the second game ever where BYU's had an SEC team come into Provo. A&M was in the Big 12 when they played them in the past. Uh, BYU's wearing the Royal uniforms. Friday night lights. Uh, Mississippi State struggling a little bit. BYU feeling good after the Michigan State game. The setup for this game is awesome. What do you think of the matchup? Yeah, I think it's a great matchup from BYU's perspective. This isn't the same Mississippi State team that we saw two years ago that rose to number one in the country. They don't have Dak Prescott. We see the value of Dak Prescott now. You mm-hmm. see what he's doing with the Dallas Cowboys. He may be taking Tony Romo's job from him. Um, he was such a great leader on the field, kind of like what Taysom is now with this BYU team, that the coaching staff put all of their chips into Dak's, into Dak's pockets and said, hey, just lead us. You know, Be a great leader and get us into the right play, and he did it. But I love the matchup from BYU's perspective. I went back and I, I flipped through the record book as deep as I can go, and I, I know not a whole lot of SEC teams come here, and BYU doesn't play a whole lot of SEC teams, but never before in the history of BYU football have I found an ex- uh, a circumstance where they've beaten a Big Ten team and an SEC team in the same season, let alone back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. So from a national perspective, to get that attention that I think this program deserves, that will go a long way. Hashtag independence uh, on display for sure. ESPN play-by-play specialist Tom Hart with us. He will call the game tonight for the worldwide leader. BYU 3-3 three and three coming off that crazy win two weeks ago that your buddy Adam Amin called and then uh, really manhandling Michigan State at their own game in East Lansing. Mississippi State down. They're not supposed to win this game. BYU's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Which seems really big to me, by the way. So Even though Mississippi State's struggling. Let's talk about that expectation. Why or why not do you feel like that seven-and-a-half-point marker is fair for tonight's game? Last week against Auburn, uh, Auburn lost their top running back in the second series of the game. And their second-string running back, Cameron Petway, carried the ball like 35 times for 170 yards and three well, touchdowns. Wasn't it like 30 in the first half? Or yeah, he crazy? was just a workhorse. And so what is BYU's strength? It's the running game. It's one of the best running backs in college football. So if a second-string running back was able to do that, and they were able to out-physical um, Mississippi State up front, well, then certainly BYU should have that same advantage in that regard later on tonight. So I, I think that's where it comes from. Certainly being on the road, and this is a late game for, for Mississippi State. Dan Mullen had them practicing two hours later throughout the course of this week to try and get ready for a late, uh, a late start to this one. And on top of that, um, you know, they had a short week to get ready. They're coming off a very physical game against a physical Auburn team, and they just got beat up and down on both sides of the ball. So I, I think that number's fair. Jamal Williams is uh, is going to probably break the record tonight. So there's the we we call some games, so we have an idea of what it's like for play by play. Do do you do you rehearse the line you want to say, or is it going to be ad libbed when he breaks the record? Yeah, I don't I don't rehearse anything. In fact, I mean, just I think it has to be natural because mm-hmm. I can't predict. 
I've never been here for homecoming. I don't know that I've been here and called a game here where it's been sold out or close to it. And under the lights and, you know, I think the atmosphere is going to be incredible tonight. So you just want to be able to capture what the environment is in the building. And if I wrote out six or ten different uh, lines today sitting in the hotel room, I don't think that would be fair <laughs> to the environment or to the moment. Because there are some that do. I'm, I'm with you. I'm in the, hey, just... Feel that moment and express what you think. Sure, I mean, listen, yeah. Jim Nance is one of the best sports broadcasters of our time, maybe ever, and he's gotten to call more uh, big events than anyone. In every Final Four and every national championship game, he has a line ready mm-hmm. for the winner. You know, my, the Miles Simon one for Arizona, the one last year with Villanova, he's got one every time, yep. and it works for him. I, I'm not the kind of guy who could do that. Yeah, that's tough to do in them. I, it's I. I'm with both of you. You, you live it so, up in the moment. In. Yep, yeah, just in. just wait for it to actually happen. We talked about this being a trap game for BYU, and it sets up that way. Classic trap scenario because they're coming off of an emotional high against Michigan State, and then 15th ranked Boise State is looming six days down the road. Not to mention BYU's favored by seven and a half tonight. Do you buy into BYU giving into the trap game scenario, Spencer? An SEC team is coming to Provo <laughs> for a Friday night game for homecoming under the lights. They were number one in the country two years ago. My definition of a trap game is somewhat an opponent that you would overlook or not take seriously enough because you're looking ahead or you're looking behind. You mean to tell me that this program is going to overlook you an can't. SEC opponent coming to their building? No way. No, I don't, I don't buy it. I mean, they may be favored to win, even though Mississippi State is, is a great athletic team, and they've got, some, they've got some kids that can get up and down the field on you. Um, but no, I, don't, I think the stakes are too large. Listen, and let's, let's, not also, uh, let's remember what's coming on Monday from the Big 12. And if you believe that the Big 12 is going to expand, and if you believe that BYU is a serious candidate for expansion, you only have to look as far as Gary Patterson in Fort Worth, Texas, to understand why winning on the field matters. Because I don't believe the Big 12 would have taken TCU if they were coming off of, say, a win in the Las Vegas Bowl. But instead, they took a TCU team that was coming off of a Rose Bowl win and the year before that, a Fiesta Bowl appearance. Winning on the field matters when it comes to expansion. And if BYU, if you believe that this scenario is possible and it is coming soon, can you imagine being in that meeting Monday and saying, hey, guys, BYU just beat an SEC team by however much on Friday night on national television. Last week, they went into East Lansing and beat a college football playoff team from a year ago in a game that wasn't close in the fourth quarter. And the week before, they won a shootout at home in front of a national television audience. Maybe this is the kind of football program that we want in the Big 12. Therefore, I think if, if you subscribe to those theories, this could be a huge game and should not be a trap. And Mississippi State presents an interesting uh, matchup because they need to win this game too. They're at 2-3. and three. They have something to prove. I know they're very young, broken in a, a new quarterback in Nick Fitzgerald, but it seems like they have a sense of desperation on their side as well. I don't think desperation is too strong a word. I mean, SEC fans in general have high expectations. Mississippi State fans specifically have had their expectations flipped over the last couple of years. When you take a team to number one in the country in the league's toughest division and your win against Alabama from probably playing in the college football playoff, 
uh, your perspective changes and you get a new, f- new fan base and you get new people on board that want to jump on the hype train, now all of a sudden they expect to be at least in a bowl every year, if not contending for a West Championship. That's just not reality. The history of the Mississippi State program suggests that that's not something that you can expect. Uh, but they need a win. They need to get a fly off their nose. They need to get a win. <laughs> they need to finish with six. Uh, if they want a chance to get back to a bowl, and it's, it is a rebuilding year in Starkville, so I, you know, I – I personally would not hold anything against Mississippi State if they if they don't find their way into a bowl, um, but their fans are going to be annoyed like a like a fly hovering yeah. around their we, forehead. We we were at the uh, the BYU store on campus, and there was a fly on that set. Is it that same fly? Did I don't he know. find us Can we over kill here? Kill that fly! Good Is there grief! There fly swatter, jeez. Is there an extra cowbell lying around? Or something? <laughs> Just trap it in the cowbell. <laughs> Yeah, let's ring, <laughs> ring it up, man. Jamal Williams is understandably uh, getting some major national recognition. And uh, we pointed out a headline today. In one poll, he's voted as the top running back in the nation through seven games because of the level of competition that he has played. In your mind, I mean, you watch great running backs week in and week out. Or week out. Where does Jamal Williams rank among the nation's elite running backs? Well, I think you can look at it a couple different ways. It's, let's make it relative to last year. At this point last year, Derrick Henry was on his way to a, a Heisman campaign, correct? Jamal Williams has outpaced Derrick Henry in terms of yardage, and they're even at touchdowns through the first six games of the season. Um, I think he is easily one of the top five running backs in college football. I think a year and a half away from the game, from his injury to withdrawing from school, probably hurt him from a – not probably. It definitely hurt him from a recognition standpoint. Um, But he brings so much energy to this team, and he's he's an elite – running back. We were talking with Taysom Hill about it yesterday and he's like, well, the, the guy's a stud and I think that probably sums it up pretty well. To do it against the competition he has I think will help people take notice. I wish there was better competition on the back end of the schedule for Jamal Williams because the, the attention is coming now and folks are really going to start to pay attention. But after Boise State, you know, Cincinnati hasn't won a game in the American, UMass, uh, you know, they're, they're just... There just aren't those recognizable names that, that people are going to say, hey, yeah, he had 200 yards against UMass. It just doesn't have the same ring to it. Really, he's got two opportunities to catch the nation's attention now in terms of like the major spotlight. This week against Mississippi State and next Thursday at Boise State, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's no reason he can't. I mean, and, and that game at Boise State, with them being undefeated in a Thursday night game, I think it's an enormous opportunity for him. It starts here tonight, though. You know, it starts tonight. You do it against an SEC team. People seem to notice those things. What matchups uh, will you be watching in particular tonight in this game? I want to watch uh, Fred Ross, Mississippi State's leading receiver against BYU Secondary. He's coming off of probably his worst game in his career at Mississippi State. He had about four drops. He was, he was not very good in the uh, special teams and punt, in the punt return game. Fumbled a couple of those. But he is their best weapon and he is their best chance to get the ball downfield. I think Mississippi State's moving some guys around. On the perimeter, we'll see some new faces. Dan Mullen has said, listen, it is, he may not use the term rebuilding, but they're going to give guys chances you know, because it hasn't worked yet, so why not? Why not give some guys chances? He is the one reliable guy, and I expect a bounce-back game from him, and I want to see how he works against BYU secondary. Maybe you can look at Ross as an advantage for Mississippi State against a BYU secondary that struggled at times. Do you see any other on-the-field advantages for Mississippi State when they match up against BYU? Well, I think if you were just to compare 
you know, linebacking core versus linebacking core. I think Richie Williams and Mississippi State's linebackers with Leo Lewis, a, a true freshman, I think they're better across the board. Uh, I, I, you know, if you're going to say, well, Mississippi State's linebackers against BYU's offensive line, I'll take that. I don't want to take them necessarily against Jamal Williams. You know, I, he's, he's made, he made Michigan State's linebackers look slow and out of position. And if you can do that against Michigan State, you can do that against a lot of people. What did you think of the uh, coaching staff uh, for BYU in their first year? You, you got to meet with them yesterday in preparation for the broadcast. I was really impressed, really impressed. I mean, I was around uh, the previous staff a little bit back in the Mountain West days with Bronco and Robert and I and those guys, and, and they were impressive in their own right. Um, but the positivity that, that exudes from this entire staff, t- starting with the head coach, I think is it's very refreshing in college football, you know, and I think that's what it takes. You know, kids need to know that you're with them and you're on their side, that they need to buy in not just to the program, but they need to buy into you as a coaching staff. And it was, it was illustrated in their walkthrough yesterday, you know, Ty Detmer's out there just kind of hanging out with Taysom and talking with the offensive line, and it's, ve- it's a very relaxed atmosphere and it's a very loose and fun atmosphere, and I think, I think kids play well when they're loose. All right, great stuff, Tom. It's uh, it's fun to have you back in town. We we have some swag for you, man. Sweet. And we do this for all of our uh, even with the tissue paper and everything. Oh, yeah, look at that. It's not just tissue paper because <laughs> listen, tissue paper is a great gift in its own right. Popcorn peanuts, uh, packing peanuts are in there as well. We want <laughs> you to remember. I don't want people to see this because I don't want them to get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to remember the time you visited BYU Sports Nation. And, you know, wear it across your heart, man. I've already tweeted about it, so how could I ever forget? There you go. It's <laughs> digital, digitally stamped on your life now. It, li- it lives in social media. So the first play from scrimmage, unless, unless BYU gets a, a pick and they're set up, you know, in the red zone, the first play from scrimmage would be, if he takes it to the house here, he'll have the record. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait tonight. That'll be awesome. Tom, awesome. Thanks for the time, man. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Jennifer Rockwood, the head coach of the 8th-ranked team, will join us but first our two-on-one with squally canada what is it like to fly through turbulence with jamal williams on the team plane this is byu sports nation byu sports nation brought to you in part by byu dining services chef driven student powered welcome back on a game day to lavelle edwards stadium Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. The Roar of Cougar student section consuming those 84 boxes of donuts currently. Those look delicious, by the way. It looks like they have extra. Yeah, could, we may need could, to make a stop hook, on the way out. Hook a brother up? Save donuts? two donuts! Save some donuts! <laughs> hey, tomorrow night, uh, BYU women's soccer ranked 8th in the country. We'll talk to head coach Jennifer Rockwood coming up in the next segment. Uh, they take on Portland without Ashley Hatch, which should be an interesting uh, contest. Portland, a traditional power in collegiate women's soccer, so check that out tomorrow night. And we should mention nine hours and 46 minutes. I'm going to ask Jennifer. BYU and Mississippi. That's State. right. I'm going to ask Jennifer Rockwood a question that I've always wanted to ask her, yet have never really mustered up the courage to do so. That's happening today. And I have no idea what question That asking, is happening is very, today. I can't wait. I'm kind of afraid. <laughs> Those are the best questions. (laughs) Oh, as Jerry mentioned, game day in Provo, man. Mississippi State, only the second SEC game. Watch Countdown to kickoff live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time. Jamal Williams is the number one uh, ranked running back on the Saturday Blitz Week 7 running back power rankings. He's 64 yards away from breaking the BYU all-time rushing record. And Harvey Unga, whose record it is now, is one of the alumni flag bearers tonight. 
Jamal Williams' buddy, Squally Canada, is not only a running back mate, but they share a lot of free time together with video games and music and all this stuff, okay? So we've noticed over the past few weeks, as has all of BYU Sports Nation, the increased role from Squally, and he's been lighting it up on the field. We wanted to talk to him about that and a few other things. BYU Sports Nation 2-on-1 with Squally. Squally, you've enjoyed uh, an increased role over the past couple of games, and you've made the most of your opportunity. And uh, Jamal Williams has been the first to mention you and that he's happy to see you score touchdowns and get out and get some run. Has anything changed, or are you just getting the ball more? I don't think anything's changed. Um, first of all, I just want to thank the old linemen. They've been doing great up front these past uh, couple of games. Well, they've been doing great up front the whole season. As you know, when we run the ball, the games we win, we, what, Jamal rushed over 100 yards every game we won. So shout-out to those guys. But uh, I want to thank Jamal, too. You know, he's been working with me a lot, uh, working on my footsteps, working on my tracks, and just encouraging me. But I'm not, I don't think – I think I, I've been getting the same amount of carries since the start of the season. I just think I'm starting to get more comfortable and realizing it's becoming like high school. So the game's starting to slow down for me, I, I should say. I don't, I don't think my um, – I don't think I'm getting more reps. I, I, was, I don't think I'm getting more the ball more. Both games. Last game I had nine. I mean, West, uh, West Virginia had nine. Well, not West Virginia, Toledo. Toledo. Toledo had nine, and then this past game I had six. So the carries are, are the same. I'm just making the best of the carries, I will say. You had a touchdown against Toledo and then uh, Michigan State, a couple of nice runs, especially that one where you got stood up, and I think you had eight more yards after that. What's it like with, I don't know, like a 1,500 pounds around you as you try and plow forward? Um, that's actually one of my signature moves. Actually, uh, I used to do that in Pop Warner. I used to do that all the time. I actually played fullback, so that's, that's why I adopted that from. So I did that in Pop Warner. I did that in high school, and then Marshawn started doing it. And Marshawn's <laughs> a, he, he's a, he, he invented that beast mode, so he's, a, he's one of my favorite running backs, if not my favorite. So when I, when I, seen, I seen the hole, all I seen was touchdown. And guys just kept jumping on my back, and I didn't really feel nothing. I just kept seeing touchdown in my head. I was like, touchdown, touchdown, just score, just score. And then um, – all of a sudden, I just felt my legs go out. So <laughs> I was kind of mad. And when I was in the pile, I could hear one of their teammates saying, you're pushing them the wrong way. <laughs> I started laughing. <laughs> I was sitting there laughing while I'm running. And I'm like, man, keep pushing me, dude. <laughs> At one and three, this team faced some serious adversity through the first four. Now back-to-back wins against Toledo and Michigan State. How different is the mentality from two weeks ago to what you're feeling today? I think the mentality has been the same week in and week out. I just think now that um, we're just starting to gel more. Like, the team has a great bond already. It's just we're starting – the offense is starting to pick up. Everybody's starting to get used to the offense, and we're building that chemistry. The defense has been playing lights out. So now the offense has been picking it up. So I just think the, whole, the reason why we've been winning these last, these last two games was that we just – starting to we're starting to get it I will say the offenses everybody's starting to know their roles their responsibilities we're starting to have less mental breakdowns so uh, that's that's what I believe what it is and, and you got to say coach Tataki's a great guy and he's bringing a lot of energy and passion and those losses I, I don't they bothered me and um I, I when I went out there and every time I, I got a chance to go in I wouldn't want to make a play for that guy so Tataki's a great coach as well so he's he's been having our back 100 percent and I, I think that's what it is too having his confidence in us. Speaking of 100, uh, how is the uh, post-game celebration in the locker room, the, the dancing? <laughs> you see Sataki in his moves. He got moves. Uh, I, I, I believe Coach Demmer hit the Macarena, too. Yeah, yes. 
the post game celebration was pretty fun, you know. But we didn't try to mess up the locker room too much. You know, I would have been uh, bad on our part. But the, it's always good when you can go on a go on a road and win in a place like that and celebrate in the locker room with the guys. That's the best part of the day, right there. Uh, no, nah, the best part of the day is actually getting on the plane and going home. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> especially after a win, that oh, flight, oh, that oh, flight yeah. home is amazing. <laughs> that flight home is it's still crucial. I hate it. The, the, the seats don't recline. And I'm scared. I'm already scared of flying. And as soon as the turbulence get to going, I grabbed Jamal. Like, <laughs> I remember one flight was it was shaking bad. I think it was going to West Virginia or Washington D.C. It was shaking. I thought we were going down. He's sitting there playing Pokemon, calm, <laughs> just chilling. And I'm like, I grab him. I take my headphones off. Like, bro, how are you so calm? Like, I don't know. You, you weenie. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's that's great to know. So I put my headphones back on. I was like, I guess I'm gonna just not be a weenie. <laughs> Next year with the running, younger running backs, you're gonna be the guy saying, "Hey, put your headphones back on." <laughs> Hopefully, man, I, I might be grabbing them. Like, yo, help me out. <laughs> no flight this weekend. You're home from Mississippi State, and uh, we just talked about uh, the emotional drop off uh, or heard from uh, from Ty Detmer about that. How do you avoid that and keep that energy level high coming home after a huge win like you had at Michigan State? Well, in my eyes, to avoid losing or uh, trying to avoid a loss, I should, yeah, is remember what it feels like to win. Remember that feeling. Don't let that feeling go because I know what it feels like to lose, and it sucks. So our emotion, from an emotional aspect, I would say keep that feeling of winning inside. If you want, if you want that feeling again, then come out here and practice hard, study hard, know your plays. And then get out into the game and execute. That's that's how you go out and win. In the off season, we talked a lot about you know uh, redshirting and what that took. Uh, and, and you only got the one carry against Vegas, <laughs> and it was the worst case scenario for you. And you had overcome that mentally. What was it like this season to be able to say, okay, that's totally in the past, and now you're seeing what I can do? Uh, well, um, I, I actually redshirted two years. I redshirted at Washington State, and I set out this year. So I had two years to get my get right. <laughs> and show people what I could do. And I'm just glad that that game's behind me, even though I still get poked at about it. Um, I just, it's, just been, it's just been great to show, okay, I can hold on to the ball, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I can hold on to the ball, guys. And, uh, and to show them, like, besides holding on to the ball, I can, I can step in there and make a play when Jamal needs, needs a breath or needs a breather. And like like I said before, it's not just me. It's the old linemen mm-hmm. starting starting with them, and then it starts off. It goes goes up to the receivers blocking downfield. It's just been a team a team job. That's how the run game happens. And not and uh, I got to mention Jabal as well uh, again because he's he's been a major part in my success. And he's uh, during practice, I sit back and when I make a mistake, he comes and grabs me. Yo, you got to stay inside, or you should have bounced that. Yeah, don't be a weenie. <laughs> don't, don't don't be a weenie. <laughs> And then he makes fun of me about my chop blocks, but that's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) With Squally Canada here, I had a fan ask me the other day, and they were looking at Boise State's schedule, and they said, who's the toughest team that Boise State's going to play this year? And very quickly, Washington State and BYU pop off the page. You played at both places, Squally. Who's the toughest team that Boise's going to play this year? It's going to be us. You know, uh, we're going to come after guys. That's what we've been doing all week. All our games have been... Except for this last, well, it was a close game until the fourth quarter. But all our games, we we play. And we're not going to let you guys come out here and just walk all over us. So I'm pretty sure any team that we play, they definitely shouldn't over overlook us. Because we're going to come out there and we're going to play until the whistle's blowing. Until the very last second, as you guys know. So um, I actually didn't play out Boise State. I was committed there. And then uh, 
as you know, I went to Washington State too. So that, that's kind of that's crazy how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're at BYU. Now, and now I actually talked to my boys back at Washington State when they played Boise State. I asked them what happened. It was like, man, I don't know. Yeah, but so I, those guys are actually doing good too. So shout out to them. And uh, can't wait to play Boise as well. Yeah, take care of Mississippi State yeah. and on to Boise. Thanks for the time, Squally. No problem. You guys uh, enjoy your day. We will enjoy our game day. I loved Squally Canada. That was great. Hard not to love him. Great sense of humor. Yeah. Good student. Hard worker. Hey! And, oh, by the way. The Rock brought donuts. The Rock has delivered. The Rock delivered. brought donuts. How so, do you- dude, Spencer and John, they brought donuts. It's great. Yeah, how do you not go oh, with man. the maple donut? It's hard not Let's to. go. Thanks, guys. Speaking of The Rock, yeah. they're still preparing to deliver oh, an yeah. amazing atmosphere on the other side of Lowell Edwards Stadium Look right now. Great. Jennifer Rockwood, the head coach of BYU Women's Soccer, up next. There's a lot of rock going on here. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan live from Studio No. We're not in We're Studio We're not in the studio today. It's we got out. Woo! We Yay! got out. Donuts in the stadium. They've let us out two days in a row. I'm distracted because I still have, like, maple donut stuff on my fingers. Yeah. I feel like... What do I do? What do I do with my hands right now? I, I don't know, Talladega Nights. What do you do? <laughs> hey, what do I do? Speaking of, we, yeah, as some uh, Kleenex gets thrown into the mix, there's mm-hmm. like 15 people on the set right now. It's great, uh, including the donuts. We loved it. Facebook Live. Uh, we do it every Friday at two Eastern time. So a game day edition today. If you have questions, uh, comments, you can hang out with us on Facebook.com/slash BYUTV Sports at two Eastern time. Sorry, excuse happen. me. Facebook.com/slash BYU Sports Nation. So there you go. Our Twitter question today, and we'll discuss this when we do our Facebook Live hit. At what point tonight will Jamal Williams break the BYU all-time rushing record? We, we both think both feel, yeah. second quarter. Second quarter, yeah. first half. He's averaging 68 yards in the first half through the first six games he's played. He needs 64. At BYU Marvel says, we'll have the all-time rushing record by the end of the first quarter. Go get it, Jamal! Yeah, he'll go get it. That's what he's been doing. He's been Jamaling defenses with the Jamal fence when he gets the Jabal. Every game. Yeah, who was it that tweeted in the Jabal? <laughs> I can't remember. There's so many good responses. Yes. Yeah. Well done, BYU Sports Nation. You're, you're it's Jamasum. No, that didn't. <laughs> well, that one didn't work. That one didn't work. Yeah, I don't, apologize. Don't push it. Don't push it. <laughs> Joining us now, the head coach of the eighth-ranked BYU women's soccer team, getting ready for <clears throat> a Saturday game day against Portland as they continue West Coast Conference play. Jen Rockwood, nice to have you back here at uh, Lavelle Stadium with us today. Yeah, thanks, guys. You guys have a lot of fun up here. That it's, we do. Uh, good we, times. We like to party. They let you out. You know that. Yeah, they Outside, let us out. it gets a little crazier, I think. You, you cut your hair. I did. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. She had it just I'm free. Had, I'm old now, so I got to cut the hair. Uh, you had it ready just in time for the lighting. The, you came and hung out with me at the lighting the yep. Y celebration. Ty Tuesday, Dem- right? Yeah, yeah, Ty Detmer was there. That, that was fun. That it was fun. fun. Yeah. Now, he, Ty brought up something interesting in the, in the conversation we were having about Soccer's weird because you can lose a key player in the middle of the season to the U.S. <laughs> national team, and it's like, okay, but you still, got, yeah. you still got to go play really yeah. important games. Yeah. He's like, I can't imagine someone being like, uh, you're not going to have Jamal this week. <laughs> so <laughs> what? What figure like, it out. Yeah. Yeah. But you're dealing with that. How do, you, how do you handle the fact that Ashley Hatch is playing with the U.S. national team? I guess we'll find out. We're super excited for her. Obviously, this is a huge opportunity. Uh, they're actually here in Salt Lake training this week uh, for a game at Rio Tinto. So, you know, it's her first opportunity. Really excited. It does put us uh, in a bit of a quandary, um, not having her for a big conference game against University of Portland and possibly San Diego next week. But, you know, we've got great players, and uh, anytime, you know, you don't have someone, it's an opportunity for someone else to step up. Ashley's obviously scored a lot of goals for us, but we've got some girls on the team who can do that. So, uh, 
So we'll see what happens. It's worth it because of what it does for your program, right? Like it, it it's not a thing. You could you have the option, I assume, of saying, "Now we're gonna, yeah. we, we want you to play in the game." Sure. But you're letting her go, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't you can't turn away an opportunity like that for for Ashley. She's just developed so much uh, and is playing a tremendous soccer right now on both sides of the ball. And you know, when the when the national team coach calls and wants to take a look at her, you know, you just get excited for her, wish her well, and uh, you know, we'll see how it, how it goes. But really excited for her, and hopefully, you know, she has a future. Uh, with the national team. She's just playing so well, and I think she has so much potential to grow and develop even into a higher-level player. She's playing at a pretty high level right now. Certainly so. Oh, yeah. Maddie Lyons is being asked to start in place of Ashley. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, But who else is going to see some field time along with Maddie to try and fill the void that Ashley leaves on Saturday night? Yeah, well, we've we've played a lot of forwards. Uh, We we use a lot of our bench, especially in the first half. Maddie Lyons, Jocelyn Loomis is playing well for us. You know, um, we're we're asking Elena and some of our other attacking players to get more touches on the ball. You know, Murphy and uh, Nadia. Nadia's due for a few goals right now, so we're trying to find her the ball. And, you know, it's kind of a mixture of not just one or two people, but the team in general has to step up their play. Everybody needs to get get a few more looks, a few more touches on the ball. And uh, But, yeah, you know, I think between uh, those girls coming off the bench uh, and Maddie starting, I, I think we have a great chance. The team is 11-2-1. and one. You're in the top ten. Things are going well. This is just the second time you've come off of a loss. So what's mm-hmm. practice been like this week as you prepare for another big game? Yeah, it was really hard. You know, losing to Pepperdine on the road. It was our third game in the week. So that's a that's a tough experience, um, you know, on a PK call that, you know, was somewhat questionable. Um, but I think it just motivates you to go out and work harder, get better. We've had a great week of training. We've been in front of the goal a lot. We haven't scored as many goals in these last few games as, as we kind of got used to at the beginning of the season. So we got to get back on track there. Teams are kind of blocking us down and loading up the, the defensive line. So we've got to be quicker, we've got to be better, and find different ways to score. Who's going to be your starting goalkeeper on Saturday? Hannah, Hannah Clark. She, uh, you know, she came in when Boaz broke her hand. She's done a tremendous job. We've kind of just been flowing along. She brings a lot of confidence to our defense. Boaz is back practicing. Um, we hope to get her some time in here in these next few games as well and give her a chance to get back at it. Rachel Boaz, I believe, has you know like a plate in her hand or something, yeah. and it's hard to catch, right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, mildly important for a goalkeeper, right? Like yeah. at this, at any point in the season, will she be able to? I don't know. Yeah, she's good to go. No, she's got a steel plate, about nine screws in her hand. Um, she wears a little guard, but you know, Boaz is a pretty tough kid. Yeah, uh, and she's ready. She's training. She's at full go right now. You know, she just missed a, a you know a month or so of of getting reps in the goal and having that experience uh, back there. So um, she's cleared, ready. Um, you know, she played in our LMU game in the second half, and we hope to get her some more minutes here in the near future. What has to happen for BYU to do as you had the opportunity to do back in 2012, and that is host NCAA tournament games? Yeah, well, we obviously have to win out. We have to win our next five games, and then we just kind of see where the RPI lands us. Um, we also have to hope that a few other teams uh, get some good results that we've beaten to, to boost our RPI. You know, you if you're a one or two seed, you get uh, a guaranteed two to three home games, and that's kind of what we want. And soccer, being seeded doesn't mean you're protected, especially in the West region where there's so many great teams and, you know, Stanford, UCLA, USC is number one right now or number two in some polls. So, you know, we just got to keep uh, going along. We, I think we're playing better right now than we maybe did in 2012. So mm. saying a lot, but we got to prove it. Okay, Jen, uh, we got some swag for you. Yeah, this nice. is the new BYU Sports Nation shirt. Jason Shepard, uh, we made him buy this, but um, you Love get it, it for free. Thank so, you. Yeah, thank you. I will wear it proudly. Yeah, and it's the Royal. Yes, I love it. I need a one-word I'll answer to tonight. this question because Uh-oh. I've been plugging it the entire show. Oh, no, I wasn't listening. <laughs> if you I was had trying to, to get ready. No, if you had to pick a top 10 RPI or winning the West Coast Conference, which would you choose? 
Ooh, I think I'd win the West Coast Championship. Really? Yeah, I want okay. the fifth one. There fifth you one. Go. That's all, that's all okay. I needed to hear. The drive for five. That's, that's all right. I needed to That's right. All right, Jen, great to have you with <laughs> Thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar Whip Around hits. An update from the PGA. Oh, no, excuse me. Our Rise and Shout hits. Who are we giving it Where to today? Where would be Bob Bowlesby? Yeah, who are we giving it that's to today, Jerem? Hey, The Rock is a good nominee today. Jeez. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Today's Rise and Shout. Sponsored by the aforementioned Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem, the drama. Goes to Bob Bullsby. Okay. We'll find out Monday, maybe. Will right? that change after Monday? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. BYU Sports Nation, by the way, will be live at noon Eastern and 6 Eastern. We will have full coverage of the Big 12 press conference, which is scheduled for 6.30 yeah, Eastern time. It's anticipated so that we will pick if, that up live. If they don't expand, if they expand, if they expand and BYU's not in it, we'll tell you um, coming up Monday if they have that decision made. So we'll, we'll cover that. Um, but I also want to give a rising shout to The Rock mm. because they are fantastic. I know they rebranded a couple of years ago. They've really brought it, especially recently, and they literally brought it today in the form of donuts to us. Yeah. They're out there camping out like a bunch of nomads. I love it. Spencer McGee is the president of the Roar of Cougars This is the guy section. leading the charge right here. This you, is awesome. You have an amazing name. Spen- Thank you. Spencer. <laughs> Appreciate that. Strong and powerful. Absolutely, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, we, I've heard that it, you did not miss a home BYU football game between the ages of 8 and 19. That, and that's 12 years, right? That's true. Six, at least six home games in all this. You you went to seven, at least seventy two consecutive home games. BYU we did. We were there through the the good times and the bad. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, and what's the best part about being the president of the Rock? You know, it's great to interact with the students. Uh, we have a tremendous student body. It's it's a very special place to be here at BYU, and we have a lot of fun. We've got students from all over the nation and the world. For some people, it's their first football game they've ever seen. After the UCLA game, this girl was tweeting. It's like, this is the first time I've ever been to an American football game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's yeah. going on, but I love it. Can I get involved? We're like, yeah, <laughs> come. Z- Z- Ziggy had that same experience. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like Ziggy. <laughs> Turn on the sprinklers on them. Yeah. Make yeah, what crazy. happened last night, man? Well, yeah, what happened? I got to ask the same question. <laughs> I mean, if I had the power to turn the sprinklers on, I'm sure I would, you know, and all the <laughs> yeah. students out there. Yeah. Uh, it's a miscommunication with yeah. grounds. But but, uh, but you guys brought them donuts this morning. And there was donuts, pizza last hot night, chocolate right? pizza last night, oh. so we're, we're making up for lost time. We probably need to maybe stay over one night with Holy the Rock, Holy cow. No, no. I risk, like my bed. All, all not, I do too, but risk all night? No? Risk? I'm going to take uh, I can think of 78 of, other games I would rather play South than America. Risk. You, you can't go into Europe for anyways. We'll figure out the uh, strategy later. I, I heard you own Kyle Davis at horse in FIFA. What's what's the story there? <laughs> so Kyle moved from Idaho down to Utah. We actually were at the Marriott Center playing a basketball tournament, and they're like, "That's the new kid from Idaho." He was like, "All state Idaho." We're like, Psh, "Idaho basketball." We go and we're warming up in the Marriott Center for the summer tournament. He like throws it down. I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid's really good. So we've been good buddies ever since, and we played together, and uh, if dunking's not allowed... Yeah, then you can win. I'll give okay. him a run for his money, but if awesome. it's close, he'll just dunk, and there goes the game. <laughs> Spencer, we got to wrap up here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the donuts. Anytime. Yeah, thanks, Make man. it loud tonight. Okay. It's going to be awesome. Our elite tweet of the day, at CarterJ92. I don't know when Jamal's going to break it, but it will be after trucking someone back to Mississippi.
Look out! M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I, Spencer. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Dan Van Zweden. It's game day! Woo!